This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to G- uh, Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino Weeks, Scully, we're all in the house. What a weekend on the PGA Tour. The wild card weekend and a big, big push late on a Sunday. Well done to Team Canada. We're going to jump into it today. Wyndham Championship, we're going to wrap that up. We're going to take a look at the FedEx Cup. Bob, top 70 now is the new bubble number. Now that we have our 125, we've got uh, Ryder Cup talk today. There's tons to get to, but uh, we are awaiting to be connected, Bob, with Roger Sloan, who made a monster push and got into the playoffs yesterday afternoon. The Sloan Ranger. That's what we're calling him from now on, the Sloan Ranger. Yeah, great great performance by a guy. And I know a lot of our listeners don't actually know Roger Sloan personally, but he's just a guy you can't help cheer for, you know, as opposed to, and nothing against the other guys, but but opposed to uh, Corey Connors and, and Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor, who all came up through the Team Canada program, all had, came up, you know, had junior programs, had... Roger's done it all on his own. You know, really, he's he's made it all on his own, sometimes playing on his own med- credit cards and everything. And I just can't be happier for this guy than I am right now to see him um, come through like this and, and such a clutch performance. An incredible performance. And uh, now we'd like to welcome in, in uh, Roger. First of all, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. I'm, I'm sure it was a bit of a marathon date for you yesterday, a six-man playoff that you were a part of. Um, so congratulations on getting yourself into the playoffs. I know you were trying to win a golf tournament. I know, you know, that's always the goal, but it has to be satisfying uh, for you to kind of put your nose down and put together a, a really great week when you needed it and now find yourself heading to Liberty National. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, yesterday was a pretty crazy day. Uh, what, storms in the afternoon. So, uh, we had to get off to a, a little earlier start than uh, maybe normal on a Sunday. Uh, and then, yeah, that just kind of all came together with a six-man playoff at the end. Uh, just what a crazy day on the golf course because, like you said, you want to win a golf tournament, but, you know, you're still sitting on the 14th tee box going, man, you know, a couple bogeys coming in, and all of a sudden I'm on a flight to Boise in the Corn Ferry Finals. Uh, a couple birdies coming in, and, you know, we, we got a chance to win this golf tournament. So, you know, coming down the stretch with a lot on the line, uh, just, you know, extremely thankful for, uh, you know, just, you know, the peace that I had and, the, you know, the chance that I had to access my skills and, and hit some great shots coming down the stretch. How do, you, how do you keep your mind away from all that stuff, Roger, when you're coming down? I mean, I know you've, you know, that's not that you haven't been in positions to win because I was there when you did win in the Corn Ferry Tour in uh, in Nova Scotia that time. But what what's it like when you've got both sides of those coins playing and spinning around in your head? How do you keep your head head calm? Yeah, I, you know, it's been uh, several weeks now where we've been playing some really good golf. And in Minnesota, I was close to the lead, had a chance to win there on the weekend. And, uh, probably at the forefront of my mind the focus was, Oh, I really want to have a good week. I, you know, um, you don't want to let, don't want to let this slip away. Maybe we can win. Um, and you know, and then you, you kind of 
counter that with what happened yesterday where it was just, you know, there was, there was nothing else to focus on other than the particular shot at hand. It was just this tee shot, and then it was the next approach shot. Um, you know, play it into the middle of the green um, and just hit solid shots, hit solid putts. Um, you know, so the focus just kind of goes away from more of a result-oriented frame of mind to a process-oriented frame of mind. Um, so just, you know, really neat how, you know, I was really able to just get locked into the zone there and, and focus on each individual shot, um, not to get caught up in the storyline. I could, couldn't get caught up in the storyline. If you got caught up in the storyline, you didn't know which direction to, <laughs> to go in. Uh, so it just kind of really forced me to just to focus in on each individual shot. And, man, it was just such a cool way to finish. Roger, you know, statistically speaking, if we look at your week, you know, I guess the easy thing to point to is, oh, hey, the putter lined up with the rest of the ball striking. Because this season, you've you've been very solid, really across the board, tee to green, and and this looks like a week that your putter lined up. But if I look at, you know, your performances this year going back, well, really to the second round of the Wells Fargo, maybe something there clicks. And, and then certainly at, from the Byron Nelson onward, you've played some very – very solid golf have you made a change physically or is this what you were just referring to about staying in the process and just changing how your mind's going to work and and if we go back to the byron nelson was there a decision to make a a change in the process back then is that what has led to this string of great golf uh i think patience is probably one thing that comes to mind um and statistically speaking, ball striking has been great. Off the tee has been phenomenal. The putting has actually been the weak, weakest part of my, my game statistically this year. But putting, honestly, is probably the, the strongest point of my game. Um, so for the whole year, it was just patience. It was just knowing that, you know, at some point the putter's going to get hot again. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Um, and, and it's all going to, it's all going to come together at, at some point. So, you know, just, a lot of patience there was never anything that really clicked um just you know i live by a motto that every you know every year i just try to get a little bit better just try to get a little bit better from you know either from the next day to day or from the next year to year and you know we've been able to do that uh you know you look at the stats they're getting they're getting better every single year so uh you know just man it's just really encouraging to see that type of progress and you know the results will come uh, let's go to that six-man playoff. How, first of all, how crazy was that? And what were the, <laughs> what were the some of the things that go on? Like I don't even know how you'd sort of prepare for a six-man playoff. Did you? How many times did you have to watch out for stepping on guys' lines? And uh, did you remember what kind of order who was going in? And I mean, how crazy was well, that? Well, the very first hole, there's six of us teeing off. I think Siwoo Kim teed off first, and I think uh, after Kevin Na hit it, he was number five. He would just started walking off the tee box thinking that everybody had the ball in there. Meanwhile, Brandon Grace is walking up, hadn't teed off yet. So, <laughs> uh, you, you know, it was easy to, to lose track. You know, I, I remember we were walking down the fairway there on the first playoff hole, and I'm looking at it, and it felt like you're playing, you know, the member guest at your club, and I'm just waiting for the, the locker room attendant to come out and uh, take your cocktail order. <laughs> it's just a, it was just a big circus show going down the fairway. But, I mean, it's such a cool thing to be a part of. I'm, you know, I'm just, you know so thankful that i was you know to be in the mix there and be a part of that and uh i mean there was a lot of you know a lot of drama coming down that last hole there for a few times 
We're with Roger Sloan, who punched his ticket to the FedEx Cup playoffs in a six-man playoff yesterday with a second-place finish at the Wyndham Championship. Okay, Roger, let's switch gears because it was a great week. You got some great work done and, and mission accomplished. But now we had Liberty National, Northern Trust kicking off the playoffs, and obviously we want to keep going. Is the goal East uh, East Lake, and uh, what do you need to continue to do in order to, to get to the Tour Championship? Um, you know, I let the results kind of take care of themselves. You know, I think we found a sweet zone and just, uh, taking care of each shot. And, uh, so we'll get settled in this week. We'll, you know, prep a little bit on the golf course and then comes Thursday. It's just, uh, you know, it's time to, uh, put on our, put on our hard hat and go to work and just play Roger Sloan golf. And, uh, you know, the rest will kind of take care of itself. And, and just when you, when you put them in order, what was bigger yesterday, getting into the playoffs or getting privileges for twenty for next year. Um, you know, I never really thought about any of that. I think that's probably why I was able to 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 really play well <laughs> yesterday. You know, I I was I was okay with however the cards fell fell yesterday, whether we won the championship or whether maybe we shot over par and had to go to the Corn Ferry Finals. I was fine with wherever wherever it played out. I, I think probably what was the most rewarding. At the end of the day, was to look in, look at myself in the mirror, and when we were facing the adversity or the pressure that we were facing, I was able to step up and play my best golf. I really, honestly, had one of my best ball striking days as a professional yesterday. Under the circumstances, um, you know, that was just extremely rewarding. But just to know that, you know, you can rely on 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 your game showing up in the biggest moments. And I think I'll be able to draw on that maybe in the future. Uh, so that's that's probably what I got most out of yesterday's round roger thanks so much for taking the time to do this that that soft draw you hit into that first playoff hole that was just a gorgeous iron i loved watching that that just looked so pretty the entire way and it was so fun watching you yesterday um and you know we're all we were all hanging on every swing you made especially in that playoff pulling for you so hard to win and at the end of the day it still was a very big win heading to the fedex cup playoff so just congratulations and good luck and thank you so much for doing this with uh, bob and i this morning yeah absolutely thanks for having me on guys and uh we'll uh hopefully we'll, we'll join you guys soon with some good news good luck and i'm sure it's going to happen sooner than later Roger Sloan, everyone, off to Liberty National FedEx Cup playoffs. He's going to join uh, Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors as the three individuals now. Uh, for who, Oh, Adam Hadwin, of course, also, who had a, a wonderful weekend. And that's where we're going to go next, Bob, because obviously we wanted to connect with Roger and and get his thoughts and congratulate him on what was a wonderful week. But it was a big red and white wave on a Sunday at the Wyndham Championship as uh, Team Canada, maybe with some momentum as we head to the Northern Trust, Liberty National. We will jump in on the other side and talk Wyndham Championship. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, 
as we break down the final event of the PGA Tour regular super season, Bob. I didn't think we were ever going to get here. <laughs> it's the <laughs> yeah. season that is gone forever, sir. So uh, it was an exciting road. It very much was a long and windy road of six majors, a players' championship, an Olympics. I mean, it is just gone forever. But it ended in a six-man playoff that certainly had playoff implications and might and just might have Ryder Cup implications. I'm wondering if that might uh, you know come up in our conversation in hour two when we look at uh, potential Ryder Cup implications as well but the winner kevin kisner he gets it done in a six-man playoff over kevin na brandon grace siwoo kim adam scott who one of the worst putts i've seen maybe in professional golf history and roger sloan who we just welcomed to the program before we get into it let's hear from our winner kevin kisner yeah it was uh it was a heck of a week and uh to be honest coming down with three or four holes to go i really didn't think i had a chance to win i I wasn't watching the boards all day but when i birdied 16 i looked up and i saw i was only one back and i knew that uh 17 was a birdie hole and and then if you could hit a good drive on 18 you could have a chance so uh it's crazy way to to break the the no wins and playoff streak but uh it, it was a it was a fun week and an awesome awesome week put on by everyone everyone here in greensboro uh, Bob, when you think of Kevin Kisner and like his match play background and how much success and how, how good he is in team golf, whether it be President's Cup, Ryder Cup, etc., and the type of guy he is, like he's got that kind of uh, Corey Pavin shtick going on, the bulldog, where he kind of gets in there and he just like, he might not be the longest, but he's tenacious, he doesn't let go. When you hear, heard his playoff record heading into this playoff, was that shocking or surprising to you when you consider the type of persona and, and, and kind of guy he is in a match play scenario, they, he would have such bad luck in playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think you keyed the word there. The last word there is luck. You know, it's, I think sometimes in playoffs, you know, one bad swing just, just sinks you. And, um, you know, Kiz is, I think best known for his putting strength. He's amazing on the, on the greens as he showed and going into the greens, obviously wasn't bad yesterday either, but I think that, um, I don't know. I, I I think you have to be surprised by a guy of that talent losing or coming second, however you want to say it, in that many playoffs. It's 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 rather shocking, to be honest. Okay, we 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 can't let Adam Scott off the hook. Who who really hasn't had an Adam Scott like season? Uh, but here he was with a chance to win a four and a half footer underneath the hole. Just saw just saw Siwoo Kim roll it in from uh, five feet on on almost an identical line. There's nothing in this putt at all. He, he's got his green book out, which Nick Faldo commented on in, in the broadcast. Why do you have your, like, basically, why do you have your green book out? If, 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 you know, if you're looking for break in this thing, anything that's remotely close to being outside the hole, you know, you're, you're, looking, for, you're looking for a reason to miss this putt. How bad was that putt in your, in your mind? To me, it's one of the worst four-and-a-half-footers I have seen in a very, very, very long time. It, it, it was hard to watch. Are we talking just PGA Tour? Or are you including yourself and Scully? Not myself, no, because if you come to <laughs> okay, my yard, okay, uh, okay. in my backyard, you can <laughs> okay. watch me miss four and a half footers that mean nothing, by the way. That's the worst part. You, uh, I'm missing improved, four and a half footers that have absolutely nothing. Putting a lot. You improved your putting a lot from about two or three years ago when you mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. Mr. Vibrating, uh, when I was just vibrating. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, that putt, Adam Scott's putt, didn't touch the hole 
That's the shocking part to me on a four-footer. And you're right. It's it ranks right up there with with putts. And he just looked at it. He looked at it like he misread it. And I mean, I don't know how you play a putt that far out the hole, having just seen what Siwoo Kim did with his putt. So either he hit it offline, or it was a really bad, really, really bad read. But it cost him a tournament. And he's, you know, he was very candid this week talking about his year and and the whole COVID stuff about how it really affected him how he really uh, didn't anticipate what it, how it would affect him. So maybe there's some lingering part of that in there. I don't know. But um, listen, he, uh, he, he did accomplish the one job, which was to get into the playoffs because uh, he was just ahead of the, of the, I think he was 121 going in. 121. Well, you don't in. get many chances. Yeah, you don't get many chances to win PGA Tour events. So you got to sink those putts when, they, when you have them. Yeah. And listen, I, 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 no, one, no one's saying it's easy to win on the PGA Tour. So, you know, and, and certainly... Um, in the environment that we've lived in for the last year and a half, there are things going on in people's lives and the way they go about their lives that are, that, that are struggling. And it's a challenge, no matter, even if you're doing well during this horrible time, there are challenges that you're going through that we have never had to go through before as people, and they affect people different ways, right? So to your point, Bob, no one knows like what Adam Scott's been going through. But at the end of the day, four and a half feet, you're a major champion. You're, you know, uh, probably one of the greatest ball strikers in the last 20 years. Like, I don't know, you know, over the last two decades, with the exception of Tiger Woods, just from a ball striking perspective, be very hard to find somebody as good and consistent as Adam Scott, Tita Green. Like, when you watch him hit a I know, like, you and I, if we're standing on a range at an event together and we're watching Adam Scott, I know what both of us are thinking, Bob. How does this guy not win every week? Because, right? Like he's he's just got such a pure swing, and uh, you know he flags it a lot. But mm-hmm. this putting is—it's always been the the big weak part of his of his game, and it doesn't never really improved much. Even with uh, the only time was when he anchored the putting and won the Masters. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, you look what he did coming down the stretch at the Open Championship when Ernie won. I mean, there's some some big time uh, opportunities that slipped through his hands. All right, so nice performances, Bob, by Team Canada. We've already outlined Roger Sloan. He was with us in our opening segment. He finishes uh, his best finish ever on the PGA Tour. He vaults into the playoffs. He's got momentum. And it really goes back to uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson. I know he, he had a, a rough couple of days at the Travelers Championship, but that's the only outlier. The rest of the way, Detroit, he's coming in on a string of good play and perform well. Nick Taylor, unfortunately going to miss the playoffs, but... You know, he still got the exemption from Pebble Beach, played well, tied for 10th. Adam Hadwin moving up inside the top 100 to 96 from 112. Adam Hadwin, 66-66 over the weekend. He moves into a nice position, tied for 10th. It was a nice weekend for Team Canada uh, and maybe, you know, maybe some momentum heading to New York. Yeah, I think it's it's good to see these guys playing well. Uh, We haven't really... You know, I think I think Corey wisely took the week off after a uh, a long stage and being away from home for quite a while. But you got to like it. Five, you know, five Canadians inside the top 200 in the world ranking. Uh, I don't know when we've had that. Probably we've had it a couple times already. But um, Rogers just three spots away from his best ever official world ranking of 197. Hadwin's starting to look like he's like you said. You know, back to the guy that we've known, and and I think his game is starting to sink in. 
and Nick doesn't have to worry. I don't think Nick really grinded this year because he knew he had the exemption in his bag. He mm -hmm. spent a little time at home with his son and wife, which is great. And um, I think we'll see him pop up again very soon in the new year when we get started again. And, and then, uh, you know, we've got more guys joining the tour, which I'll get into in my Winner's Weird and What later on. But there's, mm -hmm. there's just a, a lot of good momentum for those four guys going into the playoffs. I'd love to see at least four get into, uh, into uh, the next stage in the top 70. Right, and we should mention that Mackenzie Hughes did make the cut in the T37 position, and Michael Glickick uh, finished T65, but for Michael, unfortunately, he's going to have to head back to the Corn Ferry Tour playoffs and uh, try to acquire his card that way, but uh, lots of flags on the board for next year uh, for Team Canada already on the PGA Tour, which Bob is going to get into a little later in, in the show. Uh, there are some surprising uh, finishes in this event. Um, we will get in our next segment, we'll welcome in Adam, and we'll take a look at some of the huge names that missed the playoffs and now uh, that are now, you know, new, creating new bubble boys at 70 that are in. But, I mean, big, big names not getting uh, to the finals. Uh, out of these performances, Bob, anything kind of stand out at you that, that immediately leaps out? Like, I know you and I both had Webb Simpson this week. Here he is again, Webb Simpson, tied for seventh. One shot out of the playoff for Webb. Uh, he shot 65, 65, 70, 66. 70 is the outlier on the Saturday. His scoring average on this golf course, the last 16 rounds, was 65 point yada, yada, yada. I mean, what is it about Sedgefield that Webb Simpson's just automatic? It's it's crazy. <laughs> they asked him that this week, and he just said, you know, I, I don't know. I just like the golf course. I just play well here. He's had a bit of a bumpy year with, uh, you know, he had COVID, and he had a bit of a neck issue as well for a while for a few weeks so nothing like super major but I think those things derailed him for a little bit and when you can't you know play your game practice your game work on your game all that kind of stuff you sort of have to take a little time to to, to get up to speed again and I think that's where we're seeing with with Webb Simpson so far and uh, as you mentioned you know some of the guys at the bottom end of, the, of, of that of that whole uh, uh, FedEx Cup standings just shocking to me in in certain cases but uh, but it is nice to see some good names at the top that are different I guess if you're seeing some new guys a guy like a Sam Burns uh Jason Kokrak you know it's nice to see some some guys sprouting up here as the uh, we get to the end of the season and you got a feel for Russell Henley uh and we're going to get into that a little bit in Winner's Weird and What as well but Russell Henley showing how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour and how Sundays are different. Henley goes 62, 64, 69, 71, just gets on the train and goes north. And by the time we get to Sunday, he's just a little out of sorts. A really hard three-putt to miss that playoff. That was uh, you know, tough to watch him not be able to get that up and down. Um, and Tyler McCumber as well. It was like one of the nicest guys in the world out there. Tyler yet to win on uh, on the PGA Tour. Going to be inside the playoffs for Tyler. He's going to head to Northern Trust at 94. So his playoff futures uh, secure, but 65, 67, 66, and then bang, 70 on Sunday. So it's just harder, Bob, on Sunday. There's something different about Sundays. It is, and and you know, um, there's a few guys like that, and I always remember I've used this line before on the show, but the, the Lee Trevino's line, you know, the putts get a lot tougher on the day they're handing out the money. Yeah, <laughs> and you really you saw that coming down the stretch. I mean, uh, Justin Rose, and uh, as you said, uh, Russell Hanley, and guys, you know, having opportunities to to convert uh, and just failing to do it, and and then you have a guy like you know a Kevin Streelman again, just kind of like a top solid T seven. Uh, 
you know, his worst round was 68. The other three rounds were 66s, and, and even that's not good enough now. So you've got to be really good, and you've got to get some breaks, and you've got to be able to, uh, to play with these guys uh, for 18 and 72 holes. Now that uh, Charles Howe III is not going to the playoffs, can we? I think we can now call Kevin Streelman the new ATM machine, Bob, because every year <laughs> there he is just cashing it in. He'll head to New York at 53 after rounds of 66, 66, 68, 66. To your point, really solid, solid once again, tied seven. Okay, on the other side, we're going to welcome in Adam Scully. Who missed out on the playoffs? Who's on the bubble now for the top 70? You need to be in the top 70 if you want to head to the BMW coming outside of Liberty National this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. Presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It's Aquino Weeks. Welcoming in Adam Skelly now as well. Skulls, how was your weekend? Did you play some golf? Gentlemen, I got some golf in this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, didn't play as well as any of our Canadians who had a great weekend at the Wyndham Championship. And what a thrilling finish. Six-way playoff. We've seen a lot of great playoffs throughout this summer you know the olympics the eight hole playoff earlier this summer it's just been a wild summer of playoffs on the pga tour and all all stages of golf really yeah it's uh, gets harder and harder to win it seems each each year and speaking of that uh, that's a great segue because before we get to the top 70 and now who needs to make a move at the bubble guys huge names speaking of get harder to win bob justin rose former fedex cup champion misses by one at 126 uh, to your point, Adam, the new crop that seems to come in every year makes it harder and harder for the older guard to maintain, you know, their position, so to speak. Rose misses. Fleetwood misses. Rory Sabatini, who played well coming off the Olympics, misses. Ricky Fowler going to miss. Charles Howe III going to miss. Francesco Molinari going to miss. Nick Taylor going to miss. Um, very surprising I don't know, Bob, am, am I just looking at this like, you know, sometimes we say that the, the thing we, the, the most recent thing we've seen is the greatest thing we've ever seen. Am I guilty of that in this or am I right in feeling like this year more, more than ever there was a, a larger group? There's always one or two guys where you go, how did he miss the playoffs? But this year I feel like there's like six huge names that are mainstays, that, that are world-class players not going to playoffs. This year feels a little bit more like that to me. Yeah, I was trying to rack my brains about that exact question um, yesterday about, you know, there are some, there's always a few big names that sort of slip through somehow. And I think Ricky Fowler to me is the kind of the biggest name, but, but it was sort of like watching, um, I don't know, watching a car accident in slow motion. You knew it was going to happen uh, because he just seemed to be struggling all year long and really never found any kind of a groove. And then the other thing I looked at was how many of the guys who are missing are European tour players. And I wonder if some of that is due to the fact that in the early part of the season, you know, they weren't traveling over here perhaps as frequently because of the pandemic, because of the regulations that were in place. So you look at Rose, you look at Fleetwood, you look at uh, Molinari, Willett. Um, you know, there's some, some names in there that, that may have played a, a small portion. They've, if All you have to do is miss one event, and it, it could cost you uh, some of these points. But, um, but it, to, 
the the overall answer to your question is yeah like like this is a lot more big names than i think we're used to and now we will make the push towards the bmw so top 125 will head to new york for the northern trust which which is you know the new schedule came out what a couple weeks ago and the new york market is not going to kick off the playoffs anymore there's the fedex cup uh, is going to kick off uh, with the FedEx St. Jude Classic now moving forward. I found that to be a little strange. Like, it was just New York is just such a perfect place to kick off the playoffs, especially when it's at Liberty National. JT Poston becomes the new bubble boy at 70 with Bubba Watson 71, HV3 72. There's some big names going down the list here as we head all the way down. Roger Sloan at 92, Adam Hadwin 96. Points will now start to increase in value. Uh, so, you know, a good week at the Northern Trust can make up for, for a lot. If you're already inside the top 10 on the FedEx Cup, I guess we should outline that for our listeners as well. Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantley, Harris English, John Rahm, Abraham Anser, Bryson DeChambeau, Louis Oosthuizen, Justin Thomas, and Sam Burns round out the top 10 as of right now. Adam, you got your eye on anybody? I, I, you know, I'm not asking for edge picks or anything like that. But do you, do you have anybody outside the top 70 right now that you think is going to be an automatic lock to to, to put the pedal down and, and put together a playoff run? You know, there's a couple of guys I'm looking at. You guys mentioned Adam Scott in the last segment, and if he figures out figures out his putting at any point, uh, just the way he hits it, you got to think he's going to have a chance. Uh, but Hank Leviota is a guy who's had very quietly a very solid season right now. He's 93rd on the FedEx Cup standings. Uh, a multitude of of really good finishes for Hank Leviota. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is at 67 right now. I'm looking for a big week uh, for Mackenzie Hughes. You mentioned where he finished in the tournament in our last segment, but that second round. 63 uh, to really get into the mix come the weekend those are two guys I'm looking at but in terms of inside the top 10 it's crazy to think that Justin Thomas is 10th given the season he's had it's just been a bizarre it's been wild both on and off the golf course of course he won the, the players championship back in March but since then it's been a whole lot of media mediocre play and not much so but as we've seen in the past the FedEx Cup playoffs because the points double and it's you know, it's if, if you win one of the tournaments in the playoffs, you really jump up the board. And, you know, we saw that in 2014 with Billy Horschel when Rory McIlroy went on to end as well a couple of years later. Same thing. So I, I could see someone like a Justin Thomas getting hot at this time and going on a major run. You know, I think you've tapped into something there, too, Adam, because, you know, occasionally in the FedEx Cup, we have seen the cream rise to the top. Right, guys, we've seen the biggest names in the game win the FedEx Cup. Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, et cetera, et cetera. But there's been other years, the Billy Horschel years, where it's been burnout. It's almost been like the season's been really long. A lot of guys took their shots. They were major champions. And by the time we got to the FedEx Cup playoffs, they had nothing left in the tank at all. And you got those burnout champions. And I'm not taking a shot at Billy Horschel. The guy played great. But Horschel did nothing all year. And then he had everything left in the tank and won the FedEx Cup. I'm feeling like this season, with the super season that we've had, how long it's been, the six majors, that Bob, are we headed for a burnout champion? Are we looking for a guy this year in the playoffs that's kind of been absentee, that that maybe you know hasn't been in the spotlight, he hasn't been the John Rahm, he hasn't been the Jordan Spieth, etc. 
that might just kind of come out and surprise us. And Adam Scott is an interesting name. And I know I just dumped on him for missing a four and a half footer, which we should, by the way. Okay. But I remember years ago, I'm going to say off the top of my head, it's 2014, 2015. I was at the Barclays, Bob, which used to be the opening uh, event, if you recall, for the, the playoffs, mm-hmm. at Liberty National, doing the PGA Tour Sunday Night Wrap, which used to be our audio program wrap-up show for PGA Tour Radio, and an Adam Scott walked in with the trophy that night at the Barclays, at Liberty National, as the champion, and stuck around, and he's such a nice human being, shook, shook hands, took photos, whatever, he's truly one of the nice guys out there, as you guys know. But he has history on this golf course. He's hitting the golf ball well, to Adam's point. Are we looking for somebody like that, Bob, to maybe surprise everybody who has not been in focus, so to speak? Yeah, I think uh, I mean I think this year has been an un- unusual year for everybody in terms of calendar. But it was funny, just as you were saying those comments, I was looking down the list and looking at some of the, the, the number of events some of these guys have played. And... Um, it's, it's very unusual to me to see, like Adam Hadwin has played, I think, 28 events here. Skinning back, yeah, he's played 28, which I think is a lot. Uh, you've got guys who are up in the 30s. Um, Brian Stewart, 34 events. And, and, and when you get to the top and you see those guys at the top of the list, there's not too many of them who have played huge, busy schedules. Harris English in the top 10. No, sorry, Abraham Answer in the top 10 has played 24. That's the most. Most of the guys are under 20 or right around 20. Brooks Kepka 17. Dustin Johnson, 18. So, you know, maybe these guys are saving themselves for something. Rory McIlroy, only 18. Now, some of these are obviously have played a little few more because they've played over in Europe as well. And then the other thing that stood out for me was how many of the, we talked about the big names who missed the cut, how many of the big names who are in danger of, of not making the second uh, second swing, and, and you look at Matt Kuchar at 120, Gary Woodland, who's had some injury problems, 114, Jason Day, 110, um, Snedeker, tw- uh, 121. So, I mean, there's a guys guys down there who are, uh, who are in danger of not getting into what we would consider almost lock-ins to get into the top 70 anyway. And, and, and Bob, I would say this to you, as you outlined those names right there, I don't personally believe or see a lane for them to make it to the BMW. I don't see any momentum, any signs of life from any of those players. And if any one of those players made it to the BMW, I would be surprised. If we were having a wager right now, I would suggest to you, I would take all four of them to go 0-4 to the next stage. What about you? Yeah, without, without a doubt. And this is, you know, those guys are all a little bit older now. They're all getting to that, you know, age where there's guys who are 21, 22, Adam was talking about Hank Libiota, guys like that who are coming up to take their places to, uh, you know, to cut them out of the money line. So um, you could be just be seeing this kind of gradual wave of change, which is something that happens every single year on this tour. Uh, maybe just not in quite this uh, big of a uh, of a swing in terms of names. Adam, you got the same read as we do on this, where we just don't see a sign of life there. And, and to Bob's point, maybe it's a you know a little bit of just a natural changing of the guard, so to speak. A hundred percent. He mentioned some of those veterans. Jason Day's had just a bizarre year um, with about eight different brands of equipment in his bag right now, and his back is wonky week in, week out. Matt Kuchar's arm locking on both arms, which is simply bizarre. Brant Snedeker's strength of his game throughout his career has been that pop stroke, and he is struggling big time with that pop stroke. So, yeah, it, it's perhaps a changing of the guard here, but you know what? 
it's golf. So anything can happen. You know, you think back to the 2009 when Heath Slocum was 124th in the FedEx Cup standings, went on to win that week, makes the Tour Championship. So I, who knows? But I, I'm more of on, on the same uh, ilk as you guys in, in the terms of uh, younger guys changing the guard here uh, and some of those veterans not making it to the top 70 in the BMW Championship. And just a reminder to our audience, uh, too, before we wrap this up, the, the FedEx Cup means something now to these guys. I know we go back 15 years ago and everybody just thought this was kind of a weird cash grab at the end of the season. But from a historical perspective now, guys want to be a FedEx Cup champion. They want it on their resume. And for the players that can't win the FedEx Cup, getting to the Tour Championship is a huge goal for most of these guys at the start of the year. It comes with a windfall of many things. Never mind the cash pool that we're playing for is obscene, the amount of money that is being played for over the next three weeks. But the events and automatic entries that you get into things like World Golf Championship events and Players Championships and things like that, uh, you make it to the top 30, it comes with a windfall, Bob, of many other things other than just a large bag of money, does it not? It does, but I think guys look at the large bag of money first. Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I mean, let's face it—we're talking like I think it's fifteen million dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, for the for the FedEx Cup champion, and there's seventy million dollars to be uh, handed out to some of these guys. So, I mean, there's guys who finish from one twenty-six to one fifty who don't even make the playoffs who are going to get a check out of this money. Yep. So it's a you know it's it's probably something we should have asked Roger. You know, this is this is a pretty lucrative event and a season finale. And the deeper you go, the better the rewards are. I agree. The deeper you go, the bigger the pot gets, and uh, there's going to be a lot of it. Okay, so we're going to be tracking this over the next few weeks. And a reminder, because of the playoffs, Golf Talk Canada Radio going to be on TV every Monday following the playoffs. The next three weeks, starting next Monday, we will talk playoffs, wrap up the event, Look at the next event and eventually hand out the Tour Championship as Golf Talk Canada Radio goes to TV on a three-week run starting next Monday. On the other side, speaking of next week and this week, a few hours left to win some TaylorMade product. And next week is the grand finale of 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. Another huge summer with our friends at TaylorMade here on Golf Talk Canada. We'll let you know how you can win coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Speaking of Play Golf Myrtle Beach, just a heads up that the Can-Am Cup is happening November 3rd to 7th in Myrtle Beach. And Team USA still has opportunities and they uh, are welcoming all. So if you're interested in participating in in a really, really fun event with uh, my friends the Paulsons from Inside the Ropes on PGA Tour Radio... Uh, we take on uh, Team USA, and uh, they are willing to have anyone uh, participate. So if you're Canadian and you still want to play, <laughs> and you're willing to don the red, white, and blue for our friends south of the border, it's just a friendly event. Great golf, great people, lots of fun. 
uh, and it's happening November 3rd from 7th. You go to Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Go to PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. They've got it posted on their calendar. You can also fo- follow Dennis Paulson on his Twitter account. Uh, Dennis Paulson from Inside the Ropes uh, tweeted out a link, and you can sign up there. Uh, I think I've tweeted out a link in the past as well. I could retweet that again. Uh, anyway, lots of fun. And if you're looking for a reason to go away and play golf because you haven't traveled in a while and it's uh, time to get back up and going, uh, we'd love to see you in Myrtle Beach. Okay, uh, Skulls. Mm. Um, this week, uh, Taylor made two really cool releases from our friends at TaylorMade. In fact, I know you gentlemen are playing golf with our friends at TaylorMade on Thursday, I believe. Yes. I am going today. They have two separate days. I'm playing with uh, uh, our friend Carlo Koliakovo and Jeff McDonald today because Thursday I'm working the Northern Trust. So I was unable to participate in the event on Thursday because I will be efforting for the playoffs. Uh, So I'm going out today, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the new P790s because they look so much sleeker, and I love how they've lowered the center of gravity uh, in the irons, which is super cool, especially in, especially in the low irons. And in fact, it's got me starting to think of maybe a blended set. I've actually started to think because of this, Nick, if you're listening, uh, Bradley, if you're listening out there, boys, I've actually started to think because you can get that kind of foam speed in, in those longer irons with the lower center of gravity. I think that kind of helps everybody. And I'm wondering if it's time to go blend it. I've never done it before, and I'm wondering, and I'm really looking forward to hitting them today. And, of course, they also came out, Adam, with the MG3 wedges, uh, which were given away in the next couple of hours. That's right, yeah. We're about uh, eight hours away from the draw happening. We're giving away two MG3 wedges. And, boys, all you have to do, if you want to join the draw, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, Tag your golfing buddies on our post from last week, and you'll be in a draw to win two MG3 wedges. I'm also speaking with Bill Price from TaylorMade uh, in a couple hours, actually, which that interview will air on Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada. We'll, we'll learn much more about the MG3 wedges. And next week, guys, is the grand uh, finale. We're going to give away a through-the-bag tour experience. Hats, balls, gloves, wedges, putters, irons, woods, driver, custom fit, top to bottom. It's basically you get treated like Dustin Johnson for the day. Uh, and we're going to draw that next week. And that's for anybody who has participated along the way, anybody who follows us, follows TaylorMade. Everyone's in that, whether you've won or not or just participated. Adam, next week's the big one. I don't even know. What's the value of that? It's like obscene. The value of that is around five grand. Wow. So it's a big one. It's an unbelievable experience. We've all done the fitting experience before. It's it's just it's a great time to really you go in, you get the sensors put on you, you get to watch your swing in 3D. It's almost like you're in a video game. It's pretty cool just to see how good or how bad your swing actually is. <laughs> and you go out and you get fitted for clubs, fitted for gear. You feel like Dustin Johnson or Colin Morikawa or Rory McIlroy for the day. It's simply an unbelievable experience. Because, Bob, there are some people that refuse to see themselves on video, right? They just go, I never want to see myself on video because I'll never play the game again. It is, it is kind of uh, revealing when you, when you put yourself in there and you start seeing it. You start seeing you know, numbers. You, see, you can generally see numbers pop up wherever you go with, uh, with some of your trackers. But when you see your body and the way it twists and turns and, uh, or doesn't twist and turn, <laughs> boy, it's crazy. It certainly is. Hey, hey uh, before we uh, wrap up the segment, because on the other side, uh, we're going to talk uh, Women's Open Championship. We got a, a major on the LPGA at a very easy golf course, Pitch and Putt. 
uh, called Carnoustie. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys uh, see the USGA announcement this week uh, from uh, Oakmont? Did you uh, that they've stuck their flag in the ground at Oakmont? Very similar how they stuck in their flag in the ground at uh, Pinehurst and. Bob, we are, I guess, for lack of a better case, are we firming up a Rota, Bob? Is that what's happening here with the, the yeah, U.S. Open? Yeah, Oak, Oakmont and Marion were the two that are going mm-hmm. through, and they've now got uh, the U.S. Open booked through 2050. 2050. So wow. people, there is a good chance that people who aren't even born right now <laughs> will be playing <laughs> in that. <laughs> you know, I think it's I think it's amazing to think, like, what's the world going to look like in 2050 with the... Uh, global warming and who else knows whatever else but give them credit they're they're long-term planners and yeah they are they're basically what they're doing is firming up a rota and i think you'll see probably six to eight courses that'll be in there and then every once in a while they'll slip in a little something that'll they'll change it up but they're also they're going to some great golf courses and they're going to different parts of the country so they're going to spread out the wealth to uh, to the different regions as well because there is, you know, there are the obvious ones that are in the Rota, which, you know, Mary, I'm glad they're going back to Marion because I thought 2013 was awesome. Mm-hmm. And Oakmont is obviously one of the staples along with Shinnecock Hills, Pebble Beach, and now Pinehurst, Wingfoot, etc. But I also like some of the surprises, like Los Angeles Country Club in a couple of years. Yeah. It's going to be a cool one. Uh, so we are going to, to your point, Bob, we will see on occasion uh, a bit of a surprise and, and, and a new golf course. I was kind of looking at uh, this year was such an epic uh, kind of rotation of golf courses. And we're still not done because we've got a Ryder Cup. And we're going to talk about that in hour two where we're going to go to Whistling Straits, which is such a, an amazing modern a modern day uh, classic, which is uh, kind of what P. Dye is specialized in, if you really think about it. When we think about it, what are the greatest modern day major championship slash Ryder Cup venues, they seem to have Pete Dye's name attached to them more often than not. <laughs> do. They, you know, Sawgrass, Kiowa, Whistling Straits. Mm, it's kind of like the Pete Dye Rota. Next year, we got some weird ones. PGA Championship, Southern uh, um, Southern Hills. Yeah. And, and it's going to be, I don't know how much longer some of these golf courses are going to hold up. It's going to be interesting to see now where the PGA Championship goes in the new, again, as we get used to this uh, May time slot. But I do applaud the USGA on this, and I think they've done a great job of lining up what is uh, going to be the future of, uh, of the U.S. Open. So, all right, boys, have you had a chance to take a look at your Ryder Cup? Do you know where you're going? Do you, do you have any surprises for me? We're going to do on the on the other side, we're going to preview Women's Open, and then we're going to get a Ryder Cup talk. But I just want a heads up if you're – because I think Bob and I usually look at this stuff the same way, but I Adam's always like – Adam might name uh, Tiger Woods to the team. Is what you I'm know what? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about Tiger, you know, uh, but no, I, I don't think there will be a big surprise on my list. Look, even looking down at, I know we'll get into it in an hour or two, but like Stewart Sink's still 29th on the Ryder Cup list. He has two wins this year. So that, that's just bizarre to me, but I, right. there's no real surprises coming out of my end. Like, like when I predicted Tiger to play in the Hero World Challenge years yes. ago. Nothing like that did. coming. Yeah, nothing All like right. that. No. All right. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in hour two. We'll do winners, weird and what. Lots still coming up next, but on the other side, an LPGA major at Carnoustie, the Women's Open Championship. We'll chat a little. Brooke, what can we expect from a major and Brooke Henderson and Carnoustie Golf Course just in general? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. 
Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zacchino, Weeks, Scully, Hour 2, and gentlemen, I am pulling up the forecast for the area in Scotland for this week's women's major. Now, the good news is this. It's fairly mild in the temperatures. We're going to see temperatures, a bit of a drop off. I bet you they wish the tournament was starting today because uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, you're looking at 20, 21 degrees of sunshine and no rain in the forecast for the area. But starting Thursday, those temperatures are going to drop to about 16 degrees. They'll peak on the weekend around 18 degrees, and we have anywhere between 47% and 80% chance of rain every day, and the sun does not come out at all. So if it's a high of 16, it's wet, it's windy, I mean, that's really like playing golf in 9, 10 degrees and rain. It could be, it could be a very tough week for this woman's major. Uh, Bob, does that help Brooke, I guess, is the question. Well, it's just beautiful summer weather in Scotland. You know, you get used to it. <laughs> You're over there, but uh, I don't think it hurts her. I think she's mentally very tough, and I think when you get into some of that bad weather, a lot of that can come down to you know how tough you are and how ready you are to accept um, the elements. It's um, I think with the wind, you know, she's a good driver of the ball, so that could help a little bit as well. Was maybe she has a little bit better uh, distance than some of the other people. She's also you know, her putting, we, we know her putting is, is so streaky, and she has not really putted all that poorly in past at that tournament. So maybe the slower, uh, the slower greens help her a little bit. Uh, she didn't make the cut last year, but two years ago, uh, she was tied for 22nd in putting, and then three years ago tied for 12th, which are pretty good results for, for Brooke Henderson. So I think when she gets a chance to maybe give it a good wrap like you do on those greens over there, uh, this could set up for her very well. I was just thinking that as well, Bob. You know, I pick her every year to win the Women's Open Championship, and this will probably be the first year I don't because she's just, I mean, has had some struggles. And she showed a little sign of life as we were exiting Tokyo. But I don't know, Adam, for me, yeah, the slower green speeds help her. But for me, this is Nellie Korda on a collision course with Lydia Ko because the two of them, you know, Nellie Korda is clearly the number one uh, female golfer on the planet. And Lydia Ko, uh, I mean, every time she tees it up, if she ever starts a tournament the way she finishes at Lydia Co., she, she's got almost Rory McIlroy disease in a way. Uh, obviously, Rory not playing as, as well as Lydia, but in the sense that Lydia can't get out of the gates. But if you look at her Sunday scoring average, it's ridiculous. She comes hot, hard and hot on the weekend. If, if she can get out of the gates on Thursday, I think you know, we could be headed for a Co-Corda duel. Yeah, 100%. And the betting books agree with you. Nellie Corder opens the week with the shortest odds, 8-1. to one. Lydia Ko, 12-1. to one. And get this, Brooke Henderson tied for the 19th 
shortest odds to win at 35 to 1. So for those listening, TSN Edge, incredible value there for Brooke Henderson. Now, Bob, you mentioned Brooke missed the cut at the Women's British Open last year. That's the only time she's missed the cut at a major championship. And it was her, her first start post-COVID, since the, post, the uh, COVID shutdown. So Brooke Henderson has incredible consistency at the major championships. She hasn't done all too well in uh, the Women's British Open. Her best finish is a 11th back in 2018 in her previous six appearances that's her best finish so i'm curious to see which brook shows up you guys mentioned the slow putting she's 63rd on the lpga tour in putts per green and regulation and she's third in greens and regulation i think the slow greens would help in accelerating putting stroke so, so you're not dying the ball in the hole going downhill but i guess we'll see which brook henderson shows up do we see the brook henderson who lost over five shots to the field on the greens alone in the first round of the Olympic Games? Or do we see the Brooke Henderson, who shot a 467 on Sunday at the Olympic Games? I'm looking forward to it. What I'm looking forward to is the golf course as well, guys, to be yeah. bluntly honest with you. Because the last time we saw Carnoustie on a, on a global stage in a major, we didn't really get Carnoustie. We, you know, it was sunny. It was dry. Opposite wind uh, direction, uh, with the exception of 17 that played into the wind, you can't have them all in the wind. But the, to me, the last five holes of Carnoustie are, are just maybe the most hard, hardest, brutal uh, major championship golf finish in the world. But but they, the natural wind is to be into the teeth of the wind on those holes and then flip it on 17, which which goes in the opposite direction. When when we were there with with Molinari a few years ago, it was. You know, we had those pl holes playing downwind. They turned into 17, played in the wind. It was 24 degrees and sunny. Got, you know, I don't Bob, do you remember them hitting driver, flipping sand wedge into 17? Like, I, sorry, into 18. They, uh, I mean, some of them were hitting three. Rory, I think Rory even hit three wood sand wedge into 18. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not Carnoustie. From the forecast, it looks like we're going to get Carnoustie this time around. And if that's the case, that's part of the show, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I can, I was there for that Kern, in, in Carnoustie, and I can remember Adam Hadwin talking to him when he came off, and he said he hit a, a four uh, over 300 yards on 18. So <laughs> that kind of goes to show you where the uh, the wind was and where the bounce was as well. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how they set the course up for the women, just to see what uh, what kind of what they give them, and and based on the wind, they may change it from day to day, but. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them play, and I think it's great that they're getting to play these really top courses, the same road that the men play. I think it's great that they're playing for $4.5 million U.S. This is the second biggest purse on the LPGA Tour, so there's a lot at stake here for these women, and, uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the nerves react with some of these players as well, right? I mean, we saw Nelly Korda have that little hiccup on the uh, last day at the Open Championship and then just turn right around and roll off three birdies in a row to uh, to show her mental fortitude, I guess. But we'll see how that works. And, and as you said, with uh, I'm, I'm interested to see Lydia Ko, who just finished second in the uh, Scottish Open this week. Again, with a hot finish from Lydia yeah. Ko on the weekend. Again, uh, before we wrap this up, guys, and flip the page to the, uh, to the Ryder Cup, uh, the kilometer counting, the miles start adding up again. Like, I, I just can't believe... Um, I guess for lack of a better term, is it continent jumping? That's what it feels like with the LPGA schedule. I know Scottish Open lines up well that they did that just like like the men. 
But overall, when you throw Tokyo into the mix and the way this tour goes and how it starts and operates, Bob, the miles that these uh, women put on to get to this point in the season, if the men ever complain about being tired, they should all be slapped and have to look at the LPGA <laughs> schedule, should they not? Yeah, this is a bit of a different year because of Tokyo, but generally speaking, they, they travel a lot more. They travel to, over to Asia a couple times during the year. They're over in Scotland. They were for a while there. They had, um, you know, they had the, the French Evian and, uh, and the Women's Open Championship connected, but those are no longer like that. So I think we calculated that Brooke Henderson for in a, in a four or five week period was traveling 51,088 kilometers between her home in Naples, Tokyo, Evian, and the, the Open Championship. So, man, I, I don't know. How, I, my jet lag, I'd be, I wouldn't even know which, if it was night or day if it didn't look out the window. <laughs> I'd be a complete mess. And I'm not 100% sure for this, but I think she gets the little wing uh, pin on her, her jacket for those miles. I'm not <laughs> yeah. pretty sure she gets the wing pin by then. Okay. Uh, lots of big golf. I know it's a weird uh, time of the year for a lot of golf fans because – you know, it, from a men's perspective, we've handed out our majors and whatnot. But we're, again, Ladies uh, Open Championship, three playoff events still to go with a FedEx Cup. And then we've got a Ryder Cup. And some of the images, you know, kind of were sent out to get get the juices flowing this week on social media with the grandstands wrapped around 18 and what they've built on that uh, par 317th at uh, Whistling Straits. And, and, you know, it's starting to it's starting to feel like Ryder Cup time. And I know people get juiced up about it. But this is a bit of a different year. A lot of picks for Captain Stricker. Padraig Harrington has some decisions. A couple of weeks ago, or should I say a couple of months ago, uh, I looked at the European side and I looked at the American side and I said to myself, well, Her Harrington, Harrington's job is so much harder than Steve Stricker. Five months later, it's the complete opposite in my mind. <laughs> That. So I'm curious about what you guys are thinking and where you're going. On the other side, uh, we're going to break down who's on the team right now. K keep in mind that after the BMW Championship, these teams will pretty much be set. They will hold back on the U.S. side one pick uh, for after the Tour Championship. And we'll pull up the dates for the European side as well. In the next few weeks, we're going to know exactly which 12 are on each side. So on the other side... We'll give you our two cents. If we were the captains, where would Adam, Bob, and myself be going? We'll get into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. All right, welcome back to GTC. We are just outside a month, 34 days away from the Ryder Cup whistling straights. And in the next few weeks, the teams will start to take shape in terms of captain selections and picks. European team has eight automatic spots this year, four off the European points list, four off the world list, and then uh, Padraig Harrington will select four players to round out his 12 from there. When we go to the Team USA side of the things, there are only six automatic spots this time around, and then six captain's picks. During the break, I went back, gents, 
and looked at the European side, which I thought was the easier side, and now I'm even more confused. (laughs) This is going to be a super challenging year for for these captains. Um, Let's start with Team USA. Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Xander Shoffley. Those are the automatic, excuse me, those are the automatic six that make it to Team USA. Adam, Mr. Stricker, he has six picks, Captain Stricker. Give me me your first three. Let's just do three each because I think it's easier to just go, okay, these are the three I need on this team. Uh, Let's get your three, then we'll go to Bob, etc. If you were picking tomorrow, give me your first three. Yeah, so my first three, um, I, I'm sort of going back here a little bit and looking at the way they're going to set the golf course up. You know, we've seen the past with this whole Ryder Cup task force, if you will, where when, whenever the U.S. hosts it, they want to set the, the courses up with not much rough, really long, but Whistling Straits, you know, we know the story with bunkers at Whistling Straits, thinking back to Dustin Johnson all those years ago. But I'm curious to see how they actually set the golf course up. In terms of my first three, I'm going with guys who have experience. Jordan Spieth, who a year ago, he was nowhere near the top of the points list, and now he's had this unbelievable bounce-back season. Still a little, given his pre-shot routine at times, there's still a lot, of, a lot of thoughts going on in his brain, but Jordan Spieth has to be on that team. Another guy who has to be on that team, Patrick Reed. And I, I know there's already a couple of quote-unquote villains on this team, uh, if it were to be made today, with... Brooks Kapka, Bryson DeChambeau. Obviously, they're not going to be partnered together, we don't think. That would be a pretty big power move on Captain Stricker's part. But uh, I think Patrick Reed has to be on that team as well. Another guy, this might be a surprise to a, to a degree, Patrick Cantlay. For me, he's a steady Eddie. He's on that team. But a big reason, he partners very well with Xander Shoffley. They played together at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. They partnered together at the President's Cup back at Royal Melbourne uh, in Australia. Those they know each other's games very well. They play well together. I think they'd be a great four-ball and foursomes tandem for sure. Those are my top three. All right, so you went Spieth, Reed, Cantley. Cantley, not only for his position in, in terms of rankings and his play, but the, the partner, partnering, thinking more in a team concept, who do I want to play, was Xander Shoffley. Bob, Bob, give me your top three. Uh, I'm pretty much going right off the leaderboard here, and I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth because I think he's – the guy you need on that in that room, and he's been playing, proven that he's been playing a little bit well. I think Harris English, though, is a guy who's had such a solid year, and and I think it would be hard not to pick him on the team. I mean, he's ranked eighth right now, and he's well ahead of Patrick Reed, who is ninth. But I think Harris English has won won a bunch of times here, almost won a bunch more, been in playoffs. I mean, he's he's done pretty much everything you've asked of him to try and show you that he has the talent and the game right now to play on here. So I'm going to pick him. And then I'm going to go with Patrick Reed because you can't have a U.S. team as much as you um, maybe don't like him or do like him, whatever your, whatever your taste may be. When he's on your team, you love him, especially in this kind of an atmosphere. And I think he's just going to take uh, all the attention away from a lot of other guys who may, uh, may not play as well as he does under it. Well, I'm going to go exactly with Bob and because I think that the first three were easy. And then the next three were almost impossible. I think, obviously, Jordan Spieth is a slam dunk. Harris English is a multiple winner this year and ingests some new blood into this dressing room. 
And Patrick Reed, for all the same reasons, and also, you can't be a little bit pregnant, guys. There's no such thing as a little bit pregnant. And this dressing room is already a horrible dressing room full of a-holes that don't get along. <laughs> and you know what? Let's, what's another one? If he's, what, let's just add another one, but this one makes a bunch of 30-footers in match play. So it's not like I have this kumbaya holding hands by the world of Coke loving dressing room. I've got the complete opposite. So I don't <laughs> think one more is going to be a problem. So for me, I'm with you guys. Speak English, read. I'm exactly the same as Bob for my first three. The next three, however, way more difficult. So the only outlier we have so far here is the Cantley uh, uh, pick versus Bob and I going with English pick. Adam, who are your next three? Okay, so you mentioned there might be a little turmoil, if you will, in this dressing room <laughs> with, a, with a, a couple of big personalities. And that's why Webb Simpson has to be on this team. Webb Simpson can, can play with basically anyone. He's probably the nicest human being on the PGA Tour. He's a steady Eddie. He's going to hit fairways. He's going to hit greens. And he's going to make a bunch of putts, too. So I really like Webb Simpson on this team in the past. He's partnered with Bubba Watson. Safe to say Bubba Watson's not going to be on this team unless he tries to be an assistant captain again, which is strange enough back in 2012. But uh, I think Webb Simpson is on this team. And this is my next pick is sort of a what have you done for me lately. But to me, Kevin Kisner, in terms of his match play ability, in terms of winning, obviously, yesterday, He's climbed up the list. He's now 18th. He's a little further down the list than a couple other notables. You know, your Sam Burns, your Jason Kokrax, your Tony Finaus. But I think Kevin Kisner, another guy you can sort of slot with anyone. I like Kevin Kisner on this team. And then, of course, you guys know me. I like to be a little bold from time to time. This guy played well one time this year. Happened to win his sixth career major championship. I'm going Phil. He's going to hit bombs at Whistling Straits. And it's match play. So if, if you happen to you know, miss a putt in, in four ball, you, you can hit a 20-footer four feet past the hole. You can be bold. You can be aggressive. I like Phil Mickelson on this team. Oh, okay. So you went Kevin Kisner for what have you done for me lately. Phil Mickelson. And what was the Web. first one, Skulls? Webb. Webb Simpson. And Webb. Webb. Steady Eddie Webb. Okay. And, of course, brings a ridiculous amount of experience to this team, mm -hmm. Webb Simpson. None of those picks are easy. None of those are, are slam dunks. And you've got to be thinking a certain way to get her done. Bob, where did you go with your next three? Okay, you're going to laugh, but I have those exact same three picks. <laughs> and I'll tell wow. you how. I mean, I went, I went with guys, with going with Webb and going with Kisner. I think so much of match play comes down to putting. And those two are excellent putters. You know, Webb, we know what a great putter he is. Kisner's ranked 12th on the PGA Tour, strokes gain putting. And that's why those guys are, are, you know, consistently up near the top of the leaderboard and have played well in past experiences. I looked at Tony Finau because Tony Finau had, I think he was the only American not to lose a match last time in 2018 when he played. Uh, he was one, two, two, uh, two, one, and oh. Uh, but I, I just found, I looked at his putting numbers and he's gone from 69th a year ago in strokes game putting to 114th this year. So it's a little bit dicey for me. And then I think I think Phil is Phil is is a guy that I think you he might only play two times, but I think having him standing on the first tee, watching some of those European guys tee off, uh, jingling his change in his pocket, or uh, you know, with the shades on and drinking coffee and staring <laughs> at these guys, I think that's worth I think that's worth having him on the team and having him um, you know just be a part of 
of the overall makeup of the squad, I think. So even though we can't uh, win in, um, in ping pong in the team room <laughs> by reports. Well, I'm with you guys on the Phil Mickelson pick for sure, because I also think you're going to need Steve Stricker is going to need some pretty big voices in that room that are, are okay telling certain guys to shut up and play golf. Okay. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. and I think you need that guy, Phil. And that's why, you know, you, you, you kind of wish Tiger, I don't know, you know, Tiger's still walking with the cr- crutch and stuff, but you know, I'm hoping Tiger Woods uh, for team USA's sake is somehow part of this dressing room as well, because when certain guys speak, uh, some they just shut up and they listen. I think Phil Mickelson is part of that, and what he was able to do earlier this year at, at uh, Q Island is, is certainly uh, part of this. After that, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a complete at a complete loss with my last two picks. A complete loss. Webb Simpson, sure, but what have you done for me lately? What about the firepower of this big ballpark? Is it time to just have new blood on this team? And Webb at 13th, has he done enough to stay there? If it's time to have new blood on this team, why not Jason Kokrak? He hits it a mile. He's a great putter. He's won twice this year, one in a great field. So I'm going to go with Kokrak just for new blood and the fact that he hits it a mile and is a great putter just because I want to see something new on this team. So I went over, I went over feet, I went over Finau and I went over Simpson and went to Kokrak. So I got Kokrak, Mickelson, and as of right now, I've got Kevin Kisner holding on to that last spot for dear life, for dear life, by his fingertips. And if I'm Captain Stricker, I am praying to God that somebody shows me something over the next few weeks coming out of that tour championship that gives me that real confidence to add that final pick, which we're going to call the Billy Horschel pick, right? Somebody go out and somebody do something really special at the tour championship that I can go raise my hand and go, Sam Burns or Scotty Scheffler, whoever that is, somebody get hot and do something really special right now over the next three weeks. But it is a tough go. Okay, guys, we haven't even got to the European squad yet. Uh, much harder. Adam, European squad, let's give the names. We've got on the first, let's go by the European uh, point list, John Rom, Tommy Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, and Rory McIlroy, those four. And then the world point list, you've got Hovland, Casey, Fitzpatrick, Westwood, and then Lowry. Sorry, it's it's nine. So we have three three picks. My apologies, Adam. Who who are you going? I'm, I'm, I have nowhere to start here. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You can really go anywhere with these. And for for me, I, I'm picking two veterans right off the top, and Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia, just to have these guys around. We know that the switch that Ian Poulter flips for the Ryder Cup, and he's played some good golf this year as well. So I like Ian Poulter mm-hmm. on this team. Sergio Garcia has the win. Obviously, that was almost a year ago now. But uh, Sergio has also played some very solid golf. We'll see if he's still putting with his eyes closed. That's right. a different subject in itself. And then my third pick, you guys know me. I like to go down the line. Big ballpark. How about Thomas Peters? Good Ryder Cupper in the past. Partnered with Rory McIlroy back at Hazeltine. They did well together as well. Perhaps a partnership there again. I like Thomas Peters on this team. Yes, I know he's 30th on the European points list, but maybe a bit of a wild card pick. I like Thomas Peters. 
Thomas Peters and go back with two veterans. Bob, there is some veteran leadership already on this team. Now, we do have Matthew Fitzpatrick and we do have Victor Hovland on this team. But outside of that, you've got names like Casey, Westwood, Rob, guys that have been to this world before. Does that loosen up Harrington to add some real youth if he wants to in his picks? Or does he stick in Adams Lane and says, give me the guys that, that wear the Superman cape when it comes to Ryder Cup time? Where are you going? I, I think he's in a tough spot, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's tougher for him to pick his team than it is for, uh, for, for Steve Stricker. And there's a few, you know, just a few guys that perhaps we don't know as much about that he probably does. And, and so I think, I think there's a shoe-in with Ian Poulter. I think he's going to be on the team. As, uh, as Adam said, he's the guy you want on your team. But he's also been playing some pretty good golf. The two guys that I picked out of the hat, Whoops, I meant the guys that I researched and figured out what I would come with. Uh, I'm going to go with Robert McIntyre, the mm. lefty from Scotland. I, he's been playing some good golf on Lynx golf courses this year, and this is kind of a, I know it's not a true Lynx, it's a full Lynx, but I think that might be a, a good pick for him. He's a good putter as well. And then um, and then I kind of went to a guy that I honestly don't don't know a lot about, except when I sort of researched him, and that's Victor Perez, who is a mm. French golfer. 47th in the world, has been as high as, uh, I think, 32 at one point. But his his game is pretty well-rounded when you look at the stats. Now, I don't know if if, um, if Ian Poulter would kind of risk something on a couple of guys who, you know, have never really been in the heat of the battle and, and just kind of trust their games. But uh, he could very easily do what Adam's talking about and go with, with you know, some veterans and add, add guys like... Um, like Sergio Garcia in there, who's got such a, I mean, amazing record. But I, I'm just going to kind of go out on a limb and say that he'll pick a couple of new new guys because he does have such experience throughout the rest of the lineup. Well, I, I I'm I'm torn on where, what he's going to do. My my gut probably tells me he's going to go veteran, so I'll go veteran too. I think he's going to go Poulter Garcia right off the gates. I think I'm with Adam, and I think those are the two he goes with right off the gates. Not just because of maybe what they've done this year. Poulter's actually played some pretty good golf as a late. Sergio, it's spotty, to your point. The win came a while ago. But those guys just love, those two guys love this event so much. And, and I don't think Harrington needs to worry about them being ready and, and, and willing to be there. Like, like not, not being too, the moment's not too big for them. They love this moment and they're dying to get back. The third pick's a problem. The third pick's a problem. I was going Robert McIntyre as well, Bob. That's why I laughed and smiled when you picked him because I think he's got some swagger. He has played well on certain Lynx golf courses and had some really good finishes. Uh, what about the Italian has played well lately? Guido Migliozzi, yeah. right? Like, And there is no Azuri on this team as Eduardo Molinari decided to take the last year and a half off golf, apparently. Because I know he's played, but he's not really played. He's been nowhere to be found. So I'm really confused as to where this third pick goes. I like the D-Tree pick, uh, at the, what you outlined there, Adam, about just picking a bomber. It's going to be a big ballpark, as you as you know. But uh, I'm going to go with Bob, and I'm going to go with Robert McIntyre just because I think uh, he's been the steadiest of the bunch, especially through the summer as of late. Uh, time will tell. It's it's going to be a hard one uh, for Harrington. It's a hard for both captains. Is Tiger Woods in the dressing room for Team USA before we wrap up? Yes or no, Bob? Yes, Tiger in the room? He's gonna. I don't think he's going to have a regular role, but I think he's going to make a guest appearance. Adam? I'm going to say not to the public guy, but I think he'll be around on a Zoom or a WebEx sort of talking to the guys from uh, remotely. 
Yep. We'll see. We will see. Only a few weeks away. Okay, on the other side, it is three dub. The good, bad, the ugly. Winners, weird, and what? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Okay, it is that time. Good, bad, the ugly, three dub, winner's weird and what. And this week, gentlemen, the tea is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, gents, the truth is anytime anyone in the world of golf agrees with me, I make them my winner. And uh, that <laughs> seems to be just a habit I have on this show. But, uh, you know, I always complain about the official world golf rankings. I, and I know there's not a perfect system, but I wish that there was an official world golf ranking system that was a little bit more in tune with the current system, the current level of play and what players are doing, similar to the FedEx Cup. The problem with the FedEx Cup is it's an American system. Even though I believe it works more accurately to identify the best player on the PGA Tour at the given time versus the official World Golf Ranking, it only reacts to the PGA Tour. So what about a system that reacted a little bit more current, that put more weight in the value of certain events, that had better fields and stronger players, yada, yada, yada? Well, it's coming next summer as the official World Golf Ranking is getting a facelift, guys, and they're going to put way more value into bigger tournaments where all the best players in the world get together. So we're really going to see a shakedown in the official World Golf Rankings basically built around the four majors, the Players' Championship, the Scottish Open, co-sanctioned, playoff events, etc. It's going to kick off next summer, and they've come up with a new category called strokes gain world rating which is how they are going to put values bob to fields um i guess they felt that it was a little dated and they could improve and be more current this is a good change is it not it is i think there were a lot of points going to tournaments that probably didn't deserve quite as many points not only the european tour sunshine tour japanese tour uh, some of those guys on fields, and, and no disrespect to those tournaments, but when you're comparing them to a week, even a week-in, week-out stop on the PGA Tour, you know they just weren't carrying that, and the the weighting I don't think was proper. I think this is what really kind of helps fix it. Very much so, and it should help uh, quite a lot of the PGA Tour players that uh, are playing that week. To your point, Bob, and just your regular PGA Tour event, I know the majors and the big events will always decide the top of the food chain, but that middle to lower end of the food chain going to be easier, I think, for maybe some of the PGA Tour players to access some of these World Golf Championship events. Well, could help our Canadian boys that play a lot on PGA uh, on primarily PGA Tour. Okay, Adam, you mentioned earlier in the show, Skulls. About all the playoffs we've had this year on the PGA Tour and how hard it is to win. Am I weird this week? 
The last time we had a 54-hole leader win on the PGA Tour, including a co-leader, was Phil Mickelson at the PGA Championship. Adam, it's been 13 weeks since someone has held the lead on the PGA Tour on Sunday. That is incredible. I know it's hard to win. We said earlier in the show, Sundays are just different. But come on, guys, you got to close the deal. Would you have guessed 13 weeks if I had asked you that? Certainly not. That's an unbelievable stat to think it's been that long since it's happened. But even just look at the Wyndham Championship that wrapped up yesterday. Tie for 10th was two shots off the lead. There were so many guys jumbled up there. But 13 weeks ago, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Really hard to protect the lead and still be able to, you know, take your shots and play a smart aggressive is the term, you know, smart aggression. And it's really hard to do. Uh, it is a thin line between smart aggression and just playing too protective and watching a lead completely evaporate. Okay. My what guys this week is a good news story. What a win for Ryan O'Toole. Speaking of the LPGA and speaking of heading into the Open Championship at the Women's Scottish Open, Ryan O'Toole, who was thinking about retirement in a few months walking away from the game after 228 starts 228 starts never having a win she goes out and wins a tournament with a star-studded field heading into a major great performance from ryan o'toole what a victory and what a way to change the mindset i guess she's not retiring congratulations to ryan o'toole okay that's it for me bob the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, well, it's always nice to see the guy who finishes at 125th on that bubble and, and, and gets in that spot for great reasons the great last round or whatever i mean he did get a little help it's chesson hadley i'm going to and he's my winner and and he did get a little help from justin rose on the last hole but the big part of his day was a hole in one and this is the very first time in his life not just pga tour career first time in his life he's ever made a hole in one you consider how much golf a guy like that has played uh going through and if you saw the celebration, you would understand that it was his first one. As he described it, it looked like a baby giraffe. And if you haven't seen it, go and find it. It is one of the craziest looking. He's sort of a tall, skinny guy anyway. I remember Jimmy Fallon once uh, compared him to one of those. You know what you see sometimes out in front of car dealerships? There's a balloon that's blowing in the air. And has <laughs> Wacky, wild, inflatable arms. tube guy. That's right. That's right, exactly. And he just looks just like that. So it's very... Uh, very, very uh, funny, but good for Chesson Hadley, who is another nice guy on the PGA Tour, and I'm glad to see that he's going to uh, keep his card for next year and also have a little run in the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. My weird this week is, um, how weird would it be if you were sitting in the pro shop one day at Canyon Meadows in Calgary, and all of a sudden the pro comes and says, hey, do you want a caddy in the Champions Tour event? We need a caddy. <laughs> and he says, sure. He says, well, who are you going to caddy for? VJ Singh. Oh, my goodness. So you get on there with VJ Singh. And it's always, it's always um, interesting to be very happy. And this poor kid, his name was Carter Milton. He actually enjoyed it. And the Champions Tour did a little, uh, did a little video of him uh, walking around and trying to get yardages. And he said, they described your day. He says, well, we were on the range for two hours. Then we went and played golf. 
for 18 holes. Then we came back and we were on the range for two more hours. And I said, yeah, you better get ready for it, kid. But uh, they had a great experience. And actually, VJ said it was a good thing. He wanted to sort of take a break from a regular caddy and do his own yardage and kind of clear his mind and make sure that what he was actually, uh, the numbers he was getting were actually the ones that were getting by him. So I think it's kind of a neat move, but good for Carter Milton for stepping in. And I quickly did a quick change on my um, on my what. I was going to do Taylor Penrith and Adam Svensson, but I forgot about this part. And Elena Sharp is just one of the most brave people I've ever met on LPGA Tour and in, in, in life. She does a lot of things. She steps out of her of her um of her comfort zone. She, you know, announced to the world that she was gay. She got married to her partner and her caddy, Sarah Bowman. That was on the front page of the New York Times story on that. Uh, she did the front page story in Score Golf coming out and announcing that. And now she's actually come out in a post on Instagram and and talked about the fact that she's got some depression and it's mm. triggered into her game in the form of yips with the putter. And she kind of like it, likened it to what Simone Biles went through with the twisties at the Olympics. And she says the yips are real, really aren't that different. It's very frustrating to all of a sudden doubt yourself over a short putt that you can literally make with your eyes closed. And she's battled this on and off from 2010, but she's also sort of found that her whole life has been just kind of circulated and centralized by golf itself. So she's gonna take a little break from golf. She's been out on the tour for 16 years. Uh, and she says, I've only identified ever as a golfer. So now she's going to take a break and just kind of reset a little bit and find out what she wants to do in her life. So good for Elena. It's a, on, her, on her Instagram. You can read it. You can, you can talk to, uh, you can see exactly what she's talking about. But uh, just another great step by a very brave woman. Yeah, good for her. Uh, definitely, you know, and for being honest and, and vulnerable in that sense to, to, to make that, that statement. So uh, all the best here for Elena Sharp going forward. Yeah, uh, yips are a horrible thing, uh, and uh, for a professional golfer, you know, forget it. Obviously, it, it would change everything. But it's funny how all this stuff is interwined, connected emotionally. Her depression, she's linked this together. You start to devalue who you are as a person because you assign it to what you're doing on a golf course. And, you know, Rory had this conversation with himself several years ago before he was married, before he was a father. And uh, it's great that she's aware of it and being open about it and talking about it. It should help her greatly. So good, good for her. Elena, we wish you nothing but the best. All right, Skulls, tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, my winner this week is an Englishman named David Skins, who about a month ago was 82nd on the Corn Ferry Tour points list. And what does he do? He wins on the Corn Ferry Tour yesterday, gets his PGA Tour card. This is an unbelievable story for a 39-year-old man who at some points during COVID was a bartender, was a DoorDash driver. So what a story to bounce back in this sense and now accomplish a lifelong dream of joining and becoming a PGA Tour member. This is just one of the great stories of the year. Looking forward to seeing uh, David Skins here as we move forward to 2021-2022. Okay, my weird this week. Stacey Lewis had some pretty bold comments about the LPGA Tour's pace of play uh, speaking about how the game just needs to speed up, and I believe we have the audio of Stacey Lewis making these comments. When I came out on tour, there were, I would say there were a handful of slow players, 
And now there's a handful of fast players. There hasn't been a whole lot of push the last five or six years to get people to play faster. So, um, so if there's, there's no penalties for it, if you're, and our, and I don't think our timing policy is still where it needs to be, where, you know, people still kind of know how to work the system and get away with it. So. Okay, Skulls, I got to jump in on this yeah, one you do. because I got to defend Stacy and her comments because I mm-hmm. think she's bang on. And I didn't notice it or wasn't aware of it as much until I was fully engaged with the women's Olympic golf and covering all four rounds. And I watched every shot because it was, you know, we were covering it. It's the, it's the job. And I was absolutely shocked at the cliff that she's referring to that, that you that, that some of these women kind of walk off. I, you know, you could see Nellie Corda wanting to hit shots, wanting to play golf, and spending the majority of her third, uh, her third and fourth round standing over a golf ball. In fact, there was a point in the Olympics, I can't remember if it was the third or fourth round, she was sitting on her golf bag in the 18th fairway. She couldn't take it anymore. This is a real problem. And there are, and to Stacy's point, there are a handful of fast players, and then there are, a, a lot of slow players and not a lot of in-between. There is not a lot of just, this is the pace, the agreeable pace that we're all going to push ourselves to kind of meet at. Not everybody's going to be as fast as Nelly, but you they got to find middle ground, you know? And I think Stacy's not incorrect in her, in her assumption here. It, it's a subject that we could do a whole show on, just the pace of play and, you know, youngsters watching from coast to coast, watch, watching their idols on TV saying they, they take this long over the ball, so maybe I should too And you're 11, 12 years old. There's so much we can talk about this. Maybe we'll save that for a year in review, special pace of play in golf and how to improve it. Okay, my what is a very interesting little phone reminder. So I'm not sure if you guys get alerts on your phone reminding you of, God knows what, but Russell Henley gets one every day saying, I'm a great putter. I I guess he needs that reminder that he's a great putter, world-class player. Maybe he'll need that a little more after what happened on the 72nd hole. But uh, an interesting phone reminder for Russell Henley Henley to get, just reminding him that he's a great putter. I love it. Positive thoughts produce positive (laughs) shots. I'm going to send a a reminder on my phone that, Mark, you have a full set of hair and you're six foot four. (laughs) So I see that every morning. All right, boys, uh, we got to wrap it up. We are running late. We got to give some leaderboard updates on the other side. We'll get you caught up on all things Golf Talk Canada uh, as we put a bow on today's show coming up next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Some leaderboard updates from the world of golf brought to you by Bushnell, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com. Ryan O'Toole with a career first, a victory on the LPGA Tour. She squeezes one out after a surging Lydia Ko on a Sunday. 228 starts. She's finally a winner 
on the LPGA Tour, on the Corn Ferry Tour, as you heard uh, Scully outlined. David Skins, also finally a winner, gets it done. That's a one-shot victory as well on the Corn Ferry Tour. We had golf on Canadian soil this week, gentlemen. The Shaw Charity Classic was back in Calgary. Well done. Doug Barron, 18 under par, gets it done. Two-shot win over Steve Flesh. How about this? 64, 64, 64. I'd call that a nice little run, apparently. Mm. Wouldn't that be nice if all you could shoot was 64? And at the Wyndham Championship, Kevin Kisner, back in the winner's circle, six-man playoff victory over Nock, Grace, Kim, Scott, well done, Roger Sloan, also in that playoff, and Roger Sloan making his way to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Speaking of the FedEx Cup playoffs, it all kicks off with the Northern Trust this week. Then the top 70 will go to the BMW Championship. And then the top 30 will go to the Tour Championship. And Golf Talk Canada, every Monday right here on GTC Radio, 10 to 12 Eastern, will also be on TSN2. So you can not only listen to Golf Talk Canada, you can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio every Monday for the next three Mondays in a row as we are on a FedEx Cup playoff run. And I guess Bob Adam and I need to make it uh, into the bubble each week to continue the show as well. So if the three of us aren't in the top 70 uh, after the Tour Championship, we don't get to go on TV, I think is how that is how the show Uh-oh. gets. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. Hey, quick, quick shout out to uh, Mike Weir and Stephen Ames, both top 10 at the mm-hmm. Shaw Charity Classic, Stephen Ames playing with his son on the bag as his caddy. Kind of a nice, uh, nice adventure there. And uh, Mike, Mike Weir, his regular caddy, couldn't make it across the border. I'm not quite yeah. sure what that was all about. <laughs> so he called. So he called in one of his old pals from uh, who lives up in Peachland, British Columbia, Jeff Kramer, former Canadian amateur champion. So they had some guest caddies for them, and they still performed pretty well. Very cool. Stephen Ames with a T6 and Mike Weir with a T9. Well done. And every week, it seems they're playing really well. We had this conversation last week that they've just played so well all, all, all summer and had many opportunities uh, to get grab multiple victories. All right, Scully, a couple hours away, we're going to give away MG3 wedges. We're giving away two MG3 wedges as week 19 of 20 weeks of TaylorMade wraps up. Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram for your chance to win. And Mark, of course, next week is the grand prize, the full shebang, everything through the works, a full custom fitting for you for 20 weeks of TaylorMade for the grand prize winner. Now, Mark, you mentioned TSN2 for uh, Golf Talk Canada Radio on TV next Monday. But this coming weekend, you can also watch a bunch of golf on TSN as well. 6 a.m. Saturday morning, third round of the Women's British Open on TSN 1 and 5. Then third round of the Northern Trust, 3 p.m. on TSN 4 this coming Saturday. And this Wednesday, Golf Talk Canada Television returns for its regular weekly schedule. We have a few weeks left of GTC TV. Uh, That is on Wednesday. And then we will shut her down for the season after the Tour Championship. We will come back for monthly specials. But, Adam, only a couple of weeks left of Golf Talk Canada Television. Sorry, I I, I just got booted out very briefly. Oh, there you're back. You're back, Adam. We got you. I'm back now. Yes. Yes. Only a couple of weeks left in our regular season, correct? Correct. Sorry, yes. Okay. No worries. No worries. You season. go back to <laughs> Bob. Are you now? I know this, both. By the way, I know both of you gentlemen are golfing Copper Creek on Thursday with our friends TaylorMade. I'm heading out there today with our friends from TaylorMade. 
with uh, with Mr. Jeff McDonald as well as uh, Carlo Koliakovo. So we've got some TSN presence. I think we're playing together actually in the same group, which will be fun because I haven't played with either one of them this year. So that, that'll be entertaining. But uh, are you got any other golf lined up for the week, boys? Bob, you playing? You're going to play with your dad yeah. tomorrow night? Got my regular uh, game with my dad tonight for nine holes, and then nice. uh, I'm also playing at. Uh, got a nice treat on uh, Friday. I'm going out to play Westmount Kitchener Westmount. Beautiful Ooh, golf I course. I love that golf course. And then, and then the first round matches in the uh, father son match play championship for uh, for pops and I. So oh, that's on Saturday. It's getting serious. It's getting serious. It yeah, don't don't forget to hit it in the pond on number two tonight. Don't want to end the streak <laughs> yeah, exactly. like that. Okay. Scully, what about you? What's on the calendar for golf this week? Yeah, so playing Thursday in, in our fun little uh, TSN TaylorMade Day. And then Friday at Bayview, it's a major championship. It's the pizza open. I've got, we got the matching outfits ready, myself and my buddy Gavin, who you both actually played with a couple yep. of years ago. We're going to hit bombs. We're going to try to send it, if you will. But our handicaps are a little too low for the event, so might have to shoot a couple under par to have any chance of winning. At some point, we got to figure out to uh, the rematch of uh, Weeksino against yes. uh, Team Recoil. That's, at some point, I got to get well. that one. I promise you guys. That <laughs> that's, so we I have not get seen that, the calendar back out here. Well, Bob, there's nothing more that you and I like to do than to beat the younger guys and hit it further than we do. Right? That's what we really <laughs> enjoy in life. You guys have an awesome week. We'll see you next. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow for Golf Talk Canada TV, which airs on Wednesday. Enjoy Copper Creek on Thursday, guys. I wish I could play it with you. I'm going to head there today. Enjoy. Uh, and uh, we'll have a little review about our thoughts of hitting those new P790s, which we get to try out at Copper Creek. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll see you this Wednesday for TV. And don't forget, next Monday, you can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio, not just hear it. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.